Sister, I want to. Uh, I'm looking at the time. <laughs> I want to uh, share from the Word of God briefly, hopefully, uh, about the reality of faith, and this will be the end of the series. And I, please, I'd like you to really understand what I'm trying to do. Uh, it's been years just trying to understand things, and I'm still trying to understand. I don't know everything, but my way of life has been once I see something from the scriptures um, first I'm trying to understand what this is not just to have knowledge but to see how I can apply it to benefit my life the Bible says the word that was preached to them did not profit them what that says every time you hear the word of God you're supposed to profit from it in your own personal life for your family so that you can reach out give the blessings to others so every time you come to the sanctuary, every time you hear the word of God, you're supposed to profit from it. You're doing some kind of spiritual transaction. Even though you're sitting there listening to the word of God, a spiritual transaction is taking place. And guess who is involved in this transaction? God. And he wants you to benefit from it. So when you read the word, when I read the word, I'm looking for something that I can put into my life. And so that my life will not be the same. And it can never be the same. Don't care about the time, how long I'm going to get there. Once you've started, you are on your way to a better place. You don't get to the promised land from the day you leave Egypt. So there's, there's a path to the promised land. And sometimes we go through difficulty. But the key is God is with me. And it's with me all along the way. I don't have to worry. Everything that was written in the Old Testament was written. God said in um, Deuteronomy 8, I allowed all of this difficulty to come on you because I'm trying to prove you to see what is in your heart. I gave you manna to eat. I did that. I made you hungry without food. And you were frightened. But I did that just to show you uh, and then I provided manna for you just to show you that man does not live by bread alone <laughs> but by every word that comes from the mouth of God you know you need the physical manna but he's got to come from the word of God that's the way I see it he's teaching us to know that we don't live by what we see it's got to come from what God gives to us because the word that God speaks to us spirit and and life so you look into that word and just refuse to yield and I tell you what, if you really believe in God's word and stepping out, that's when you begin to know Satan is going to come after you. He just does that. So when, when the trials come, don't get shaken. That's because you're doing something good. It's not because you're going down. If you don't have a position, something is wrong. You have to have a position. And you have to be able to, to overcome your position and move on. Because that's the way of the kingdom. It's the way of God. Is the straight and narrow way. There's something to deal with. Always something. But the Bible tells us we are always victorious. We are more than conquerors. We have triumphed in Christ. Amen. So, what I'm going to be speaking on is about the reality of faith. Even though we believe in the things that we can see, that doesn't mean it's not real. When you read it from the scripture, it's already there in the spirit realm. We have to understand that. That's the whole purpose of this. It's already there. I may not have it right there in my hand, but it's there for me. I can begin to believe God for it. 
you know, and by and by, God will bring it about. It's an amazing thing, you know, when I, I like to listen to, I'm digressing tonight, but I'm talking to family. You know what I'm thinking? You know, I'm, I haven't gotten there, and none of us has. But I'm looking at the examples of great men that God has used, how God took them from nowhere and made them names that are known all over the world. I'm amazed at what God can do with people that can trust this world and refuse to yield. That's an amazing thing. You know, I'm amazed at what God is doing in my country. We were there. And I was asking, I need to go to this place. I want to see this man's ministry. A man that came from nowhere was preaching the word of God. So much opposition. His members were begging him, why do you always talk like this? I mean, you're bringing more reproach to us. Everybody's saying, why can't you preach something else? Because people are criticizing us. And he won't quit. Today, very strong ministry. It has this, the largest church structure in the world. In fact, there's a minister that uh, has 10,000 members in, in his church in England. He's from Nigeria also. But he says, when you are around that man, you feel like you're not with a human being. He seems like he's in spirit. He has locked so much into God's word and refused to yield. He just will not yield. And he was nowhere. When I left the country, I didn't even know who he was. He was not known. Now, his university that is built, he's built, paid for. Church has a jet in a third world country. Paid for. A church that is the largest church in the church structure in the whole world. Paid for. Built in one year. With no penny coming from overseas. Everything coming from within there. And he says, God, if you can't give me the, I don't want it. That's the way he told God. He says, you got to give me the money here. I don't want any money from America. I don't want any money from England. I don't want any sympathy. In fact, he said he was in the U.S. here, and the minister asked him, uh, do you have any need in your ministry? Because, you know, he's from Africa. He's got to help, need help. He says, my ministry is not a needy ministry. Do you need, do you have, do you want help? I'll give it to you. He was offended by that. God is, doesn't have any need. He's depending on God. God is his source. He doesn't need any money from the U.S. He doesn't need any money from England. I hear of this kind of people that came from nowhere. Not a family that's known. Everything that they depended on was just the word. And God has made this man. He's not dead. He's still alive. That touches my head. And I have to do something. What does he know that I don't know? He's got a secret that I don't have. Do you understand what I'm saying? That makes me feel little in a good way. I've got to move on. I can't just listen to everybody and we're all here. There's something that this guy knows that I don't know. So i got to search. What does he know? God, this is the cry. This is the search. I've always often said here in our church that once you become saved, you have a lifetime of discovery. That's what God has given to you. It's a lifetime of discovery. If you don't search, you won't find. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like treasure hidden in the field. you got to find it. And when you find it, you sell everything you have. Because you got it now. You don't need anything else. So this is, that's my search. That's my goal. It's not just to have a great church. That, that's great. But I want God's word fulfilled in my life. When I depart from this place, I want to have made some kind of impact. 
Some people have been dead for years. And there are people still talking about them. We talk about Smith Wigglesworth. Every Sunday I'm sure somewhere in the world somebody's talking about him. This is just a man. Uneducated. Born in Bradford. Unknown family. Wasn't even willing to preach. His, his, his wife was the preacher. He sat down and made sure everything was okay. Until he decided, no. I'm going to go with God and I'm not stopping. That guy was stubborn. I mean, if you read about Wigglesworth, he was really stubborn. He won't listen to anybody. He won't even read any book. He read just the Bible and acted on it. He was so stubborn. His life has touched so many people. And his life is still touching us today. These people are not special. They were made just like you and me. They make me feel little in a good way. Do you understand what I'm saying? They made me. They make me feel little in a good way. And I say, God, where have I been? Open my eyes so I can see. I want to know what He knows. I'm not going to put obstacles. These guys have. They don't have any limits. They don't have any obstacles. They've thrown every, all the obstacles away. Everything that will stop you and I. They've thrown all of it. The criticism, they don't care. We're going after God. And God is honored them. Because the word says, He who honors me, I will, I will honor. And the way to honor God is to honor His word. And you latch on to that word and refuse to yield. That's honor to Him. Because God and His word are one and the same. So when you hear me say, that, you know, this is what counts to me, I don't look at a man's experience. I do look at a man's experience if that experience makes me feel little in a good way. Because I, 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 I've got to get to his place. I don't want to be exactly like him. But I, I want my own portion as well. Right? I, I want my own portion. He's benefiting from the inheritance. We are joint heirs. I'm forgetting this now, okay? We are joint heirs with Christ. And he's getting his inheritance and living the abundant life. I want some of it too. I want some of it. I really do. I really I have to have it. If something is not right if I'm not enjoying what he's enjoying. There's nothing special about him. We all say that. God is a respecter of no one. So why not me? I need some of it as well. I need to be able to touch some lives around the world as well. I'm a child of God just as he is or she is. Why not me? That's the way I like us to think at the Ark Fellowship. Because I believe like Pastor Wendy said tonight. This is a church of destiny. We are not looking at one man having his own show. We are looking at the whole church doing ministry around the world. And you have to have that desire in your heart. We are not just going to stay here. We have to touch lives. We have to change lives. We have to see... People have to see us and say, well, something different about this man. And presidents talk to you is what some of these guys said. People from nowhere. Just because of their faith in God, now sit with presidents and presidents are asking for solutions from them. And that's an amazing thing that God has done. That's why I look at the scripture when God says to Abraham, I will make your name great. Well, he's made Smith Wigglesworth's name great, right? 
attached to his name. No greater greatness than when you're known and attached to your name is the name of Jesus. You will never be forgotten. Because his name will never be forgotten. That's true greatness. When your greatness is attached to the name of Jesus, it's true greatness. And that's what I want out of life. You have just a short time. See? This, the Bible tells us the night is fast spent. Remember the scripture? There's no need to slumber anymore. There's a lot to do. Jesus tells us that. We must walk while it is day. The night comes when no man can walk. This is the time to walk. And I only have a very short time in life. But I want, to, I want God to, to have glory in that life when it's over. And you have to let him do it. And there's nothing to stop you because he's on your side. He's happy when you are, when his name is lifted because of your life and the way you trust his name. I really believe that. So we really need to go all of it and don't hold back. You know, initially in my life it's like the sin consciousness because that's what I was taught, taught you know. Sin consciousness, I was all, it's like everything to do is to stay out of sinning against God. You know what I mean? That's what the Bible calls the foundation basic principles. If you're still struggling with that, something is wrong. You know, you hear people talking about lost, lost all the time. You talk about it all the time and you're constantly watching. You think everybody thinks that way. I realize they're not. They're not. You're the one that's having problems. They don't. You're free. The Bible is clear about that. If the soul makes you free, you are free indeed. If you believe it, you begin to move away from that because see, that's, a, that's the issue of the past. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Everything, all things have passed away. The key is to believe that word. Believe it and act on it. That's gone. That's no longer part of your life. Don't welcome it. That's, that's a known issue in your life. That's the truth. That's why the Bible says, reckon yourself to be indeed. That, that disturbed me a lot because you can't move or because you're still struggling with these little things. Those guys don't think about those. They want to do more. They're not worried about, you know, doing all this crazy stuff. I mean the ones that are really standing. Not the ones that, you know, probably because of whatever physical abilities or physical thing they have. You know, the, the people that are, it's just God. You know this is God at work. You won't find those things. Their heart is too locked. That means, yeah, that doesn't mean they won't have criticism and problems and uh, rumors and whatever. It's just like they had in the time of Christ. They have those, but generally if you know them, you know them now. It's just a man of God. That's my desire. And I'm sure that's your desire tonight. That's why you're here tonight. The time is fast spent. Time is so short. There's no time to worry about these little, little things. We have to be about our Father's business. And we have to do it well. There's no time to be comparing yourself with another brother. Unless they are edifying you 
and challenge you like the Bible says iron sharpens iron I want to be more I want, to, I want to be like him I said it before did I get that fellow that I'm talking to you about I'm going to, I'm going to look for a free a quick one I kneel down and say, put your hand on my head. If you don't do it, you'll die today. Okay. <laughs> and pray over me right now. I want everything you got. And if you don't do it, it's going to be a real fight here. I'll lose my faith. Not a fight with you. No. <laughs> but I want that. I desire that. Maybe a quick one, but I know when you're given a prophecy, it's always true from the Lord. You have to work it. You have to work it. You have to live by the prophecy. It's you say, well, he said this or she said that, but it's nothing has happened. Well, you know, you didn't believe it. And you're not acting on it. I shared with some people, maybe here, a man whose son died. And it was because of the prophecy that they gave to him about that son, and he knew it. He said, that man had no way of knowing anything about my son. And he said this and that about my son for his future. Now, none of those things have been fulfilled. God, he cannot die. It's not going to happen. That man was sent by you. And that what hap- what's happening now is not going to be. And at the same hour, the boy is up in the hospital. He got back to life. True story. Those prophecies are important. Whether you get them from the word of God or they're given to you by a child of God. And you know there is no way they, should know. they could know what's going on. That's because God is trying to set your path to believe. You see, every word of God is prophecy. When God said to the children of Israel, I'm taking you from this land, and I'm taking you to the promised land. That was prophecy to be fulfilled. They had to work it out. They had to work it out. I left my message. I went somewhere else. <laughs> but, uh, dominion uh, on the earth there's the reality of faith faith is real these things work they can change your life there's a constant battle like because of what we see in the natural and what we experience in the natural and Satan is constantly whispering it's not going to happen it's not so it's not so it's not so you're just kidding yourself it's not so it happens to me all the time you just have to overlook it because the Bible says we walk by faith and not by how we feel. This word is real. Faith is real. God is real, even though we don't see Him. Jesus is real. Some of us, most of I believe, almost every one of us here, you pray in tongues. You don't make that happen. That's God speaking through you. That's an amazing thing in itself. That God is inside your life and you're speaking in tongues. And that's given to you by the Holy Spirit. We tend to forget these things. That's God in you. Think about it. That should even change a man's thinking. If you really zero in into it, that that's God in you. The Spirit of God that created the world in you, speaking when you speak in tongues. That's an amazing thing. If you zero in on that and really meditate on that, if God is speaking through you, He's going to stop you. Who can really affect your life if we really believe this? Things? You see what I'm saying? And I'm not just talking to you, I'm talking to myself as well. If you really meditate on that, that God is in you. 
speaking through you. I mean, even if you don't feel it, but you speak in tongues. And you know that's not you, that's God speaking through you. You know that. But you know, Satan doesn't want us to go there. He, he won't even allow you to think on it. See, he won't even allow you to think on it. You just act like he's, he's ordinary. That's how they missed it in the wilderness. All the miracles they saw. But they missed it. He, Satan will not let them think on it. And it happened to the disciples as well. They didn't consider the miracle of the loaf. You remember the Bible? They won't think because it was hidden from their eyes. Satan doesn't want you to think about it, but now think about it. That's the Holy Spirit that was there at creation. The same Holy Spirit that was there at creation. Moving on the surface of the deep. Now he is inside of you. And he's at work. The Bible says according to the power that is at work in us. So he's not just there, just laying down. He is at work doing something in your life. We cannot be ordinary. This is where I believe I've missed it. Because I haven't thought it. Because people teach you and they make you think one way. Now I have a lot of good bit of freedom because I can think and look at the scriptures because you know I, I have I have a job to do but as I do that I'm getting where have I been do you understand what I'm saying where have I been this thing is so big oh, it's so deep it's so high it's so wide it's so much in much in God. I, I believe my life is going to change for good. I don't know how, don't care how, it's going to be great. I really believe that. I want you to see the same thing. Nothing is going to stop you at the Ark Fellowship. Nothing. Nothing anymore. There was a time we were in the dark. But now, no more. God has opened our eyes. The end is, the scripture says, the end is always better than the beginning. You may just be starting today. Don't let it bother you. You're going somewhere. And God is going to make it because of his faithfulness. And his covenant, he will not forget his covenant. I really believe that. Hold on. Don't give up in your mind. You have a great future with God. He is now with you. You are no longer alone. Ephesians tells us that we were once without God and without hope in the world. But no more. We not only have hope, we have God. We are no longer alone. That says we will be successful. We definitely will. It has nothing to do with your abilities. It has all to do with His abilities walking through you. Sharing with uh, my friend, uh, Brother Fred, the other day, God can give you just one idea. One simple idea. Just one in a short time, maybe just five minutes. And God has put something into your heart and it will transform your life and your children's life forever. And that's possible without God. He's doing, he's doing it. Tonight, keep going out of what I wanted to preach. Is the knowledge of who you are and the knowledge of the God 
who has made you his son or daughter. It's the fact that God has promised to always be with you and never to forsake you. That's a covenant promise. Actually, in Isaiah 54, he swore. He took an oath never to be away from you. Is the knowledge of, of God who He is and what He does and your relationship to Him the fact that He's present in your life gives you total victory over everything that the enemy can throw at you in this world whatever it is He gives us total victory You notice something that I don't talk much about Satan. I don't talk much about Satan. I, mean, I just don't. There was a time all you hear from me was Satan, Satan, the devil is doing this, the devil is doing that. He is not a significant being in my life right now. And he's not in your life. I don't have to worry about him. He has no teeth anymore. See? He can't do anything anymore. So I can't focus on him. I really can't. It's like the lady who said, you know, Satan is how really been after me all week. He's been after my children. He's been after my husband. He's been after me. He's afflicted me with this glory to his name. And you're wondering, she's saying glory. In what she meant is glory to to God's name but the way he comes out is glorious <laughs> we don't know what we're doing I don't have to talk about him and read through the New Testament Paul hardly mentioned Satan you notice that? hardly and read through Jesus' ministry hardly he doesn't mention him he's not significant not in the scheme of God's kingdom he has no part in it. He's not part of it. Yes, he's doing something, but he, he really can't do much. He doesn't have the authority anymore, not if we know the truth. He really doesn't. If we talk about him and we magnify him, he becomes magnified. It's not that we are not aware that he's there. He's just he's nothing. I don't have to be afraid of him. I don't have to have sleepless nights about what he's doing. I connect with my father. That's what is important. Everywhere that Satan is magnified and spoken of a lot, people suffer. That's what is happening in Africa. In Louisiana. Because their own things, this voodoo and all of that stuff, they are always doing things about the devil and all their superstition. They are always afraid of something. And they are paying the price for it. Because they are magnified. But the Bible says if you know that it's affecting your life, resist him steadfastly. And what did this Bible say? He will flee from you. I mean, flee means in terror. I don't have to worry about somebody that I can resist and he's going to run like crazy for me. <laughs> I don't have to worry about him. It's the knowledge of God, who he is. God is your father. 
He became your father by choice. You are part of his family. You have to think about that. God is your father. It seems real simple. You know when you look at the story of the prodigal son, one of them, the prodigal one that we call the prodigal, he really understood who he was. He did whatever he wanted in the home. He told his daddy, I want my share right now. And guess what? The father could not refuse him. Even though he knew this was not a good idea. You know who that father figure is? That's God. He gave him, go ahead. You can have it. But in that story, the real prodigal son was the one that was at home. He didn't understand anything the father had for him. He got mad when the father killed the father cow. Uh, and they were having fun and having party. He said, hey. I haven't gotten any of you. You haven't given me even a goat to have fun with. And I've been obedient to you all this time. That's why you're being good. Satan doesn't care about that. If you don't know what God has given to you, he doesn't care about what you, how good you've been. You can't go to God and say, I've been good. The Father says, I know you've been good. But everything, everything I have is yours. You could have done whatever you like. Kill as many as you want. And he was a real prodigal son in the home. He didn't know what was available to him. My people perish for lack of knowledge. We need to discover what it is, what we have. And I'm sure that second son, after he got back and got in line with his father, and his father accepted him, he's not going to behave like a servant the next day. The next day he knows my father has accepted me. I got his ring in my finger. Hey, servant, come over here. And the servant can say, you prodigal. No, I'm going to kick you out of this place, okay? No. The father accepted him. He knew his rights in the home. He only felt he had lost it because of disobedience. But as, I'm sure as soon as the father accepted him, don't think they were having a party and he was sitting down, I'm so prodigal. I can't enjoy any of this thing. I don't even want my father to see me even smiling. He'll think I'm not truly repentant. I'm just going to act like I'm really feeling bad here. No, I'm sure he was excited. My father has accepted me. I am still a prince. Hey, look. I am still a prince. And he cried a little. Bring my meal to me. And the servant does that. He said, oh, wow, it's really good. I'm back. Everything is fine. That's you. That's how much the father loves you. And how far he will go for your pleasure. That's the truth. It's your father. It's my father. When we're going through hardship, he's hurting. That's the story of the prodigal. I don't think the father was glad. In fact, when he, the Bible says when he saw the son coming, he recognized him from afar off. You know what that means to me? He's been, he had been sitting down there every day hoping the boy would come back. His heart was hurting. That's you. That's me. And so when we come back, the father is complete. He's excited. He's got all these goods. Enjoy, my son. Enjoy. My son, just have fun. My son is back home. My family is complete now. And I'm glad. The, everything he had meant nothing to him, his sons. The most, the most important thing for him. After that, I got two of you. You have fun. 
a prodigal has been at home, start having fun. You've been too tight, you know. <laughs> too uptight. Huh? Loosen up a little bit and have some fun with your brother, okay? Kill some goat and have fun. Or if you need a calf or whatever you need. God is not against any of that. Us having fun. In Exodus 15 verse 11, he says, Who is like unto you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like unto you, glorious in holiness? God becomes fearful in praises. When we praise Him, oh, you get Him excited. When we complain, we give Him a hard time. He becomes fearful on your behalf when you praise Him. Even in the time of difficulties. And then He does wonders. You see, He is your Father to do wonders on your behalf. That's what the scripture tells us. I believe it's Isaiah 8 verse 18. I and the children whom you have given to me, we are for signs and wonders. God, when he's praised, when you thank him for the things he's made available to us, you set him up to do wonders on your behalf. He's your father. That's who he is. It's very important that you know who you are in Christ so you cannot be molested or harassed by the enemy. You have to know who you are in Christ. And I've shared this here before, but uh, in my place there's a lot of uh, practice of witchcraft. If you talk to a Nigerian, uh, especially from the south, so they'll let you know very quickly. Some nights, you know, years ago, I can never really sleep much. Even after I've been born again and I've spoken tongues, these demons would come into my room and frighten me. Sometimes, true story, I would be on my bed. It's like some heavy stuff is laying all over my body. I can't move my hand. I'm trying to speak and I can't speak. Is that happened to any one of you? Okay. That's with demonic oppression. I, I try to call, if Angela, I wasn't married to Angela then, but if I want to say, Angela, please help me, I can't move my hand again. The words won't come out. And I'm trying to see Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And it kept happening, and I knew something was wrong. I knew this got to be demonic, and I didn't know what these demons wanted from me. You know, this, this is going somewhere, and I don't know where. It's pretty frightening. And I kept crying out to God, especially in my early days in Georgia. God, what's going on? Now every time it happens, I'll get on my knees and call the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, God the Father, God the Holy Ghost, God the Son, all of you, help me. You know. And uh, one day I was crying out to God. I was really frustrated. And I'm really frustrated. And I say, God, I don't understand. You know, I, I have the Holy Ghost and I have all this. In Nigeria, we knew it was witchcraft, right, Angela? It was witchcraft. These uh, witches trying to hurt me. And I couldn't do anything about it. So I was crying. I was really complaining this day. God, I don't understand. And God said, 
Are you doing silly stuff like this? Screaming and calling the blood of Jesus. And that demon is standing around laughing at you. I said, wow, he's laughing at me. Because you're acting silly. You kneel down here. You should call him and, and deal with him. I said, really? That's the way to handle him? I was prepared for battle. The next time it happened, because in my mind, I could see the demon every time I was saying, Lord Jesus, oh, Holy Ghost, all of you, help me. He said, I got him good this time. He's not going to sleep anymore. I got him. So he's happy. And I'm, I'm, I'm scared. And so God said, next time, call him and talk to him. And as soon as that was over, you know, God, this same thing happened. I couldn't move my hand. I couldn't speak. I was mad this time. And I sat down on my bed and I said, come here, right now, stand right there. But I could see nothing. And I believed that he was standing there and I pointed my finger. I'm sure if you were somebody he said, he's lost his mind. <laughs> he's lost his mind, he's talking to himself. My younger brother still laughs about it. <laughs> Some of the things I used to do in my room. The whole neighborhood today, they laugh at me. He was telling some of uh, people while we were there in Nigeria, some of the crazy things I used to do. But I was trying to get myself free. And I said, you, I am a child of God. God has given birth to me. The Holy Ghost lives in me. I'm a prince. And you don't dare touch me anymore. Now get out of my room. And I was screaming on myself. <laughs> and guess what? He stopped. They don't fight. He stopped. Because I finally realized God is my father. I am his child. You can't touch me. I know who I am in Christ. And we fear them a lot. But you know, those that have that spirit in Nigeria, they know when they, when they, when they see you that you don't have a fear for them. And I've said this before. I was, went in one time, and for some of you know Pastor Clifford. And this man, an older man, he's been a witch for a long time. He sent a message to, for me. So he says, go and tell that young man. When he comes, tell him I'm a witch. And I'm tired. I want him to free me from that time. And as I was sitting, Pastor Kendall Rusty were with me. And he came and sat in front of me and said, I'm a witch. I want you to help me. Take the spirit out. And that's exactly what we did. He threw up that day and he told me I'm free. Now they don't go to any, they won't go to any Christian. They check to be sure. Because they told me, if I'm not free, when I get back in that circle, the, the torture is not what a man can bear. So they won't just go to anybody. My point is, <laughs> you are much more than you think you are in Christ. You are a lot, a lot more. I wish God would open our eyes, my eyes, so I can see fully what God has made available. That's why the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 1 that God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Paul was praying that He will open the eyes of our understanding, give us the spirit of wisdom and knowledge in the, you know, of we, and wisdom in the knowledge of Him, that the eyes of our understanding might be enlightened, that we will know what is the hope of our calling. There is a hope to our calling. And God needs to open our eyes so we can see to you the keys of the kingdom has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God you are a child of God I'm going to close with this tonight just for you to know who you are and I'm going to continue I hope next time 
Angela, please don't laugh. <laughs> you see, Moses, Moses was really scared of going to stand before Pharaoh. You realize that? If you read the story, he made all kinds of excuses. Even after God had given him the miracle, remember? He still won't go. He still was complaining. And while he was in the inn with his wife, God was about to kill him. Remember that? I think it was the circumcision and the blood that saved him that day. Because he still wasn't ready. But then God told him this. In Exodus chapter 7 verse 1. Notice this. So the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you as what? As God to Pharaoh. The day you know who you are in Christ, your attitude will change. From this day, Moses was different. He said, I have made you as God to Pharaoh. And Aaron, your brother, shall be your prophet. From that day, Moses saw himself as God over Pharaoh. He didn't see himself, God didn't make him God. But as once it comes out from God's mouth, from that moment on, Moses had become God to Pharaoh. And Moses wasn't afraid anymore. He went to Pharaoh and said, let God's people go. And he wasn't talking to Pharaoh. If you read his prophets, he was using to talk to the God. When Pharaoh replies, he tells it to Aaron, talk to him. Because he said, I don't talk, you tell him. And Aaron will say, if you don't do this, this is what your God is going to do to you. I'm going to turn the waters of the land. God made him as God over Pharaoh. You know who Pharaoh is? Type? That's Satan. That's Satan. When I complete the message, I will be able to show you from God's word that that's why he is not significant anymore to us. He can't do anything, really. The only thing he can do is what we allow him to do in our lives when we talk about him and what he can do then we give him power when we, when we magnify God he becomes magnified in our lives right when we magnify the enemy guess what he becomes magnified in our lives when you magnify the problem the sickness whatever it is it becomes magnified if you belittle it in the name of the Lord it becomes small and that's where we should go God made him God over Pharaoh and Pharaoh had to yield, even though he was stuck, because his God had spoken. Many times he was negotiating with Moses, and Moses says, "No, this is what we're going to do." And you know how much respect that man had from the people of Egypt, the demons. <laughs> Pharaoh, Satan, people of Egypt, demons. They were the ones holding them in, ca- in captivity. But boy, the people respected Moses before Moses left. Moses was more to them than their Pharaoh by the time he left. They feared Moses more than they feared Pharaoh. Because God had made Moses not just a prophet, but God over Pharaoh. Now, I'm going to lead you to where I'm going remember Jesus said all authority 
has been given to me in heaven and on earth now you go he's transferring it both in heaven and on earth Satan doesn't have anything my mind God has made you God over the enemy he can still be God over the world but for the children of God no would you stand up with me tonight You know why I'm saying this? Because I know that the Spirit of God is building something in your life and in my life. That is going to manifest itself. Whether you like it or not. Because as you hear the word, if you're receiving it, guess what? Faith is being mixed with the word. And guess what? You will profit. I declare that you will profit. It will profit you. Faith is being mixed with the word. You know what we're sharing is from God's word. And you receive the word mixed with faith. It's going to work. We will profit. We don't know how. We don't know when. But God who is true to his word. Who says his word will not return to him void. He is the one that is giving us his wisdom. So that we can be priests and kings on the earth. Father we thank you. Thank you for your people. I thank you for what you're revealing to us. Help us to enlarge our tents. Spread out our curtain. To let our children go. And inherit the land. And take possession. According to your word. Let us not be forgetful hearers. Help us to be doers of your word. To have true respect for what you've spoken. We thank you, Father. Thank you for making us more than conquerors in Christ. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.